Come, Holy Spirit, come and kindle in us the fire of your love, for if we are with you, nothing else matters, and if we are not with you, nothing else matters. Amen. Amen. When I was a freshman in college, a fresh and new religion major at Texas Wesleyan, ready to conquer the world and filled with certainty, <laughs> in spite of all the things my professors were starting to tell me and challenge me, I had no room for doubt. I had it. I had it. You know, the childhood faith, growing up the son of a Southern Baptist preacher, I had been told, just confess your faith and be certain in your assurance in your salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that was all that mattered, except maybe you should also vote Republican. <laughs> And then, as a teenager, I had rebelled and become an Episcopalian in a conservative church in Terrell, Texas, that loved me well, that taught me the beauty and power of liturgy, that introduced me to the glories of the sacraments. And boy, I always had the right answers in confirmation class. <laughs> I had the assurance of the creeds, and so I came in to college as a religion major with all that assurance, that certainty, I could tell, I had the Athanasian Creed, all four pages of it, memorized. <laughs> and then, a small moment that has affected my life, as I was sitting and struggling with all the new information I was getting in my New Testament and Old Testament classes, the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church came to Fort Worth, and I was a part of a young adult delegation that was invited to speak with her. At the time, the presiding bishop was Catherine Jefford Shorey, a marine biologist, a woman who looked about seven feet tall and who speaks with this very kind of collegiate, highbrow way of talking. And in that room with her, we're all sitting in awe, and one young woman looked at her and said, well, bishop, I don't know why I waste my time in the church. I have a lot of doubts about everything. And Catherine looked at her and said, well, my dear, doubt is not the opposite of faith. Certainty is. Amen. And it absolutely blew. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it absolutely blew my mind. What was this woman, a bishop, telling this person that doubt was good? But it broke open something. It broke open in me all those wrong messages I had been given about doubt and certainty. You know, this week, as we remember once again Thomas, a man whose poor reputation has been covered by his supposed doubt, we sit with this question, why? Why has the church condemned him? Why have we struggled with this story? I mean, the poor guy just didn't happen to be in the room at the right time, and he spent 2,000 years having the church question his authority as an apostle. <laughs> but we all, I think, at times in our life, were given wrong messages about certainty versus doubt. We were told doubt was the dangerous thing when certainty was the good thing that would save us. But you know, the tradition of the church is that Thomas, this great doubter, 
that we have reguiled as not faithful and have put de- called him Doubting Thomas in our Sunday school curriculums carried the faith to India. The Martoma Church still claims the faith of Thomas as the one who brought the good news to them. They still proclaim his name every week because this great doubter was the one who proclaimed good news. Thomas just trusted. You know, Jesus, as Marcus Borg points out, never condemns Thomas. He just asks him to just keep trusting. The Greek word there is more like trust than believe. It's a reaching out. It's a going forward. It's an active verb in Greek to trust, to do. It's not about a certainty or a mental commitment to a certain set of beliefs, but trusting that God is still at work in the world with each and every one of us, no matter our questions. Certainty can also be a very dangerous and deadly thing. In January, I took a Baptist history course that reminded me of a particular story, the story of William Carey, the first modern missionary to go from Europe abroad, Protestant missionary, a Baptist, someone who in his youth had questioned the kind of Anglican certainty he was given Someone who said, I don't need a priest to stand between me and God, who entered the waters of believers' baptism, challenging all the norms and his own British citizenship to do so. Yet certainty snuck in. He became certain that he was called to bring the good news to the heathens in India, a people that Thomas had gone to a thousand years before, nearly 2,000 years before. But he was sold on this idea that he had to go. This was the only thing he could do that would please God. He had to go. And his wife said, no, we can't do this. I can't handle it. I won't go. I won't go. And he said, I don't care. I'll go without you. It's me or or nothing. Like, Jesus Jesus is better than anything you have to offer. And yet, in the last moment, she agreed to go in spite of all her questions and the unkindness of her husband, because he was so certain that he had this calling, this thing that he was being pushed to do. And within two years of their time in India, his wife had had a mental breakdown and spent the last 18 years of her life locked up by her husband in a padded room. William Carey did do many good things, such as fighting to end widow sacrifice in the villages that he served, and yet he sacrificed his own wife for her, his own certainty, mm-hmm. this sense of calling that he had to do it in just a way. And I can't help but think, what greater things would he have done if he had just listened to the questioning doubts of his wife? She was faithful. She had a deep faith, a deep knowledge of the Bible. She was well-educated, She knew that this wasn't what God was doing for them, and yet his certainty killed her. And it has killed so many others. Queer kids who have been told that they're broken, Mm -hmm. that they won't be fulfilled humans because of who they are. 
people who don't fit in in their conservative church environments who feel lost because they have so many questions and no one has ever told them that that's okay. People who have never been invited just to trust in the good love of Jesus and to seek to touch the wounds of the world. You know, another missionary in India that I thought a lot about too in this time was Mother Teresa. Mm -hmm. This woman who became a household name throughout the world, who touched lepers and built hospitals, and in spite of everything, broke with church protocol to do it, to go into the streets, to leave the comfort of the teaching order she had been a member of. And yet the world was shocked when they found out for 50 years she had lived in the dark night of the soul. She didn't feel the love of God. She didn't feel the presence of God, and she didn't understand why she kept following. She felt alone, and she would say over and over and wrote throughout her diary, I have such doubts. I have such doubts. And yet she kept seeking to see the wounds of Christ in the world, in the poor, in the weak, in the leper. Even when she didn't have the answers or the certainty, she reached out to touch the wounds. She trusted in that active, living kind of way that's greater than anything a creed or an affirmation of faith can ever give you. The mystery of the love of God is not something that is just felt, that it's not something that is just understood or believed in, but it's a reality that we're invited to come to just as we are with all of our doubts and all of our weaknesses so that we can bring life to the world. We're not here to kill others because of our certainty. We're here to build the reign of God right before us with all of our questions and doubts. And on a personal note, I also want to say thank you, New Church, for giving me a place to trust in the midst of my doubts. When I came to you in August, I was ready to give up my call to ordained ministry. I'd been hurt a lot by the church. The COVID-19 pandemic had made me question why in the world were we wasting our time with this God thing when it's clearly, it seems impossible to do this kind of work in a world that was set on fire. And yet you created a space for me to love you and trust you and dwell with you in kindness. And you have trusted me as well. So I encourage you, my siblings, whatever comes next for new church in these coming days, as changes come and the world around us still seems to be on fire, just keep reaching for the wounded scars in the world. Show your own wounds touch the wounds of others, and trust. We don't give a damn what you believe, but we do care that you trust and know that you are loved. Amen. 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 Woohoo!